Fast, efficient and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. And welcome to episode 752 of the Aussie Tech Hands. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hi, Will. I, uh, I think your underlies might be a little tight there. Like just, <laughs> just saying. Um, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas beer. Well, you're half right. He loves me <laughs> and I love you. Therefore, vicariously, he loves you. <laughs> How's things going? Uh, it has been a very, 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 very hot week. It's our Christmas episode. As you can tell by the... The, the VZ the, demo in the, the background. The, 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 the two, <laughs> two three-colour reindeer and the two-colour Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. No, that's, uh, yeah, that's... um. Warlock's creation. If you wish to go and check it out, you can see it on his YouTube channel or... What else? Is it on your website? Yep. On everything's on Twitter, the... Facebooks. Ooh, Twitter and the Facebooks. Yeah. That's like everything ever. Everything. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah. You've been no. up to lately. Other than sweating me conies off, I'll tell you what. It was 43, I saw. I stopped looking when it hit 43 yesterday. Yep. 95% humidity and no breeze. That's nuts. Uh, considering the day before, it was 27 yeah, it has been <laughs> so, like that lately because um, we've just had overcasts and lots of very noisy thunder and lightning, but very, very little rain. Yeah, it's been weird like that, hasn't it? Like, and we're yeah. like, yeah, we're going to finally get... Oh, Nothing at all. <laughs> There's all the all the windows you can see, the lighting, lightning outside, flash, 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 big boom thunder. 10 minutes of rain. Yeah, that's enough. Off it goes. Congratulations. Like, you get nothing and you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Although I can't complain because uh, my solar and batteries and stuff need to keep charged and produce the solars. So it's okay. Yeah, this is true. But uh, sometimes you prefer it to just figure out what it's doing. Like, you know, if it's going to rain, rain. If it's not going to rain, don't rain. Don't just like... <laughs> The, the only thing is because I'm being lazy and don't want to have to go water my new garden, so I'm just <laughs> hoping it'll rain, therefore I don't have to go out there and do... Well, I mean, that's always an option, I suppose. Uh, at least my bees are doing okay. They don't like it too oh, hot I forgot or you too had cold. Natives? Yeah. They're doing all right. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah they don't like super natives. hot weather. Um, the I guy... moved them under the pergola, so they're... Um, shaded. The guy who was here before, lived around this house before we did, he had native bees and um, he had them 
down the back there's like a, a mango tree a macadamia nut and something else all like really tightly so they were under there in the shade yep and the neighbor over the back decided to cut down a couple of trees that were against the fence and it opened up the afternoon sun and within like two days all these bees have been fried Oh, jeez. That's nice. Yeah, he wasn't overly happy about that. He's like, dude, you could have at least told me you were going to do it. Like, you know I've got bees here, you know. I've had them for years. Yeah. And he went away for three or four days. I mean, the the homeowner obviously knew, like, you're not just wake up one morning and go, I'm going to cut all those trees down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and... um, He's like, yeah, so he wasn't impressed. It cost him a fair bit of money to get another hive because they're not cheap little buggers. Like, up... um, This is going back a few years, but they kind of are now because they're kind of happy to give them to people to look after, but this was back before that was a thing. It was was going to be inevitable, wasn't it? Because I always, for some reason, enjoyed the uh, Minecraft bees. Well, you do in in, um, Valheim Valheim as well. You got beehives in that. (laughs) Mind you, the bees are happy. Mind you, you shoved a queen bee in the chest. I'm not so happy she's about that. What's she doing in there? I thought I made all the hives with all of them. No, it's still in find the, out which chest it's in. Yeah, in the little one that we're building the new house for, in the original one we had there. Ah. Yeah, there. That makes perfect sense to everybody who's listening on it. <laughs> not to me. <laughs> as long as, oh, you don't need to understand. You never understand. It doesn't matter. But we're still having fun getting chased around. You're getting chased by trolls and oh. 600 graylings and grey dwarfs. It's like a parade. It's like a parade <laughs> down Main Street on New Year's. It was ridiculous. I go off to make some dinner and I come back and Will's like, help, help me. They're chasing me. There's a bloody big blue giant troll coming after me and hundreds of these little I can hand I can handle a heap of graylings or I can handle a troll, but I can't handle a troll and a heap of graylings. No. <laughs> so we're moving into the plains, which is even more dangerous. The it's got to be better, plane. right? What could possibly go wrong? But at least... Um, I wandered around a lot with some antifreeze potions and found a silver, a vein of silver ore. So now we've got um, wolf pelt jackets that stop us freezing. You don't, you don't have the. You're now cold. Happen anymore? Yeah, which means you don't lose all your stamina. Yep, and uh, you can go up into the snowy mountains, and we've got a lot of things to do up in there. And we got a beet bone mass, great big poisonous dude. And then um, Moda, the um, dragon. We have to take her on and kill her off to get stuff too. So. Moldor. Should be interesting. It's, We're going to um, die a lot. It's a very interesting game. Like, it's... Oops, sorry. Like, it's not... Um, My stomach does that sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it, it's sort of one of those games that... Um, it's, I don't know, it's also hard to explain. Uh, it, when you sort of start playing, you're like, oh, yeah, it's just like, you know, a million Another other... survival game. A million other survival games that I've played. But once you actually start playing it and start getting into it um, and start sort and you of... you only buy it once. You don't have to keep paying for it. Yeah, we, that, and that's a good thing too. It's not like a subscription service or something. It's See, he's yeah. punching a tree, which you do in Minecraft, but we later discovered you could just pick up sticks off the ground. Yeah, I mean, you can punch a tree, but man, it takes a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, the do- it is early and access still. And it's been nominated for Game of the Year 2021, yeah, I should I saw, say. I so everyone that. go vote on Steam. 
We want it to win. It's fantastic. It's um, it's still in early access, and there, there's a, a heap of mods available for it, which really enhances the. Well, there's a lot of mods that can make you do a lot of things that the game's not meant to do, which is fine. But there's a lot of just um, quality of life, quality of life, and like gameplay mods that just make the game do things that it should have done out of the box. Like for example, currently the way the game's set up, you can't run away from something and change your weapon. You have to stop to change your weapon. And then they kill you. Which doesn't really make any sense. So there's a mod that just makes it so that you can change the weapon while you're running. Just yep. simple things like that. Like we're not adding health. We're not Cheats. adding <laughs> stamina. Not adding you know weapons we can't get early game. Um, things like there's a there's a gardening mod that just lets you plant the plants at the right distance apart so that they're not too crowded and they don't die. Otherwise, all you do is waste all your seeds and your crops and you have crop values. So there's just a few things like that that just help with making the game you know yeah, this all started off one guy three years ago just started up unity and he's like i'm gonna make a game let's make it kind of viking like because it's the area where he lives mm. they got a lot of viking lore and stuff like that and the the monsters and things are all from viking legends and that and it was just like stick figure guy walking around it's it kind of looks like it does in this video here with all the um, greenery and everything and he gave it put a demo up online and said what does anyone think of this it's kind of like this the way that minecraft started the same notch mm. was just stuffing around with something he put it up on youtube and he's like what do you guys think and they're like yeah let's make a game so he um kept working on it and then he joined iron gate studios and started to make it full-time and now it's published by coffee stain <clears throat> and yeah it's really really good the one thing i I'm, I'm torn into in in two minds with is the third third person first person thing. Yep. There are situations where you're on the boat, for example, where you need to be zoomed out fully in third person to control the boat properly. Yeah. But there's a lot of situations where I'd like to. Well, there's a lot of situations. Sorry, I hadn't seen that actually happen before. There's a lot of situations where I'd like to be in. First, first person, person because it would make things like when you're trying to cut down a tree and you've got trees surrounding you and you can't get the camera where you want it but there's no first person option where in minecraft you can switch between third like if you're mining for example you go first person because it's easier but if you're doing something where you might be building and you want to rotate the camera you can go to fifth person so there's a place for both but there's just no first person i think this game would benefit greatly from something as simple as that um, yeah, that's why I got that mod on. I used it a lot today when I was building the new place. I was building through trees and I couldn't, because the, the leaves snap. were in front yeah. of me, I couldn't see the ground where I'm trying to build on. So I went, zoomed in to first person, built a few things, zoomed back out, do some more, zoom yeah. in, zoom out. And sometimes, you know, third person's great for building because you can get onto a spot you couldn't get if you were in first person. So yeah. they both have their advantages. But the, the, I mean, obviously, it's still an early access game. Um, yeah. I can't remember how much it was. Forty bucks, I was, I was thirty-five looking, bucks, something like that. Yeah, um, I was looking on um, Reddit, and people were talking about Steam Game of the Year, and everyone's like, "People love this so much more than the people are um, trashing on Cyberpunk 2077 because had so many bugs and a lot started. of AAA games." Um, what's what was that other one that uh, No Man's Sky was another one? Yeah. And everyone's like, they, they pale in comparison. This just does what it's supposed to. It's still early access. They've got a roadmap, and apparently some of the hardcore beta tester 
type people were like, well, they're not doing the roadmap fast enough. And they're like, well, hang on. They're, they're getting everything right and they're bringing out pieces mm. bits not as fast as they said they would. They never said this is going to be released next year, completely finished game. They're just going to keep building on it and building on it like Minecraft did. And um, <clears throat> so if you just ignore people expecting the roadmap to have everything next month or something, they just had the Home and Hearth update come out, um, I think it was about April this year, which uh, added on a lot of furniture and stuff in the house and made things a lot nicer and, and stuff. It's um, on sale at the moment troll. until the till the new year. It's on sale at the moment, twenty five percent off. So it's only um, yeah, it's only twenty one bucks or something at the moment. So it's definitely worth getting. Um, and the specs we run our own server. Yeah, you can run your own server very very easily, or you can play MM MM. It's not really an MM um, IP per se, but it does have online servers. Yeah. Some are PvP, some are. Not, you know, depending on what you want to do. Yes, trolls do that a lot. Um, <laughs> but um, it's relatively low end, like a H- Radon 7970, which is a nearly a 10-year-old card now. Um, I'm actually playing it on my second computer. I've tried, it's, it's a little framey, but it's playable on a 7770. And that's only a 2-gig f- card. Um, and that's a, wow, at least a 10-year-old card um, on a... Uh, AMD FX, like, I want to say, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like a f- uh, quad core 4 gig, something like that. Yep. Three, no, not even. No, it's not that. It's like a quad core 3 gig. It's a slower, slower system with, you know, 8 gig of RAM. And it, it's framey, but it's certainly playable. And there are some, you could, that's on default graphics, obviously. Turn the graphics settings down, it's playable better. Um, the one thing I would recommend if you do have a beefier system, like at least a, like a 3 gig i5 or a Ryzen 5, 3 gig, something like that, 16 gig of RAM, um, a GTX 10, 1080 or a, oh, sorry, GTX but like 1060, a Radon 550, um, there's a HD graphics pack. Even if you don't want to put mods on, I strongly recommend you put that, what is it? Makes it look gorgeous. Willy's something or other pack. Yeah. But what it does, yeah, okay, it makes the game look better, but it really fixes the lighting issues that this game has. This game has horrible, especially um, massive uh, contrasting issues between light and dark. Yeah. Um, it really fixes that issue. And okay, it makes it look better. That's fine. You can And you can do things like turn off the swaying grass if it's interfering with graphics and stuff. But the main thing is, yeah, it really fixes the whole light, dark. And the light sun rays from this. You can turn all that on and off, yeah, rays and whatever. Relifax HD Valheim. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, you know, you definitely need that. It makes a huge difference um, just to the playability of the game because you can actually see, even of a night, when you're in the swamp of a night and it's raining and with fog, you can still see. <laughs> Whereas well, the kids the def- love playing this too, right? Um, well, Cam watches me. He can't quite, he's tried to play it. It's a bit too complex. There's too many keys going on, but yeah. he loves watching me play it. Yeah, it's um, scary. And I don't think him. it'll be that far. I mean, he can play Minecraft perfectly fine. Yep. So he's not that far away from playing this. Um, it's just at the moment, the key binding... I, I guess you could reconfigure them like Minecraft, sort of, but not That's really. That's why I got this. Yeah. Razor Tartarus. I'm seriously considering getting one of those. <laughs> I think that would be a big It's good for my RSI. I've yeah. been typing on computers 24-7 nearly for 30, 40 years. But not even that. I think in general it would just help with function because you're literally using three quarters of the keyboard. 
Yep. Like the way the, the key bindings are laid out, you're using so much of your keyboard. So you're either taking one hand off the mouse to do something or you're taking one hand off your movement controls. Yeah. Um, Put it all so, in the one spot. Yeah, I think that, that would, would help. But anyway, that's, so that's uh, this week on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> They've waited for any other games. But no, seriously, it's definitely... If you got if you bought this holidays and you've got to spare 20 bucks, go and grab it because you... It will... Yes, it has a steep learning curve and it will take you... You'll die a lot. A good 12 hours of gameplay to actually wrap your head around the concept of the game. There'll be a lot of swearing. But all of a sudden it'll click and you go, hey, actually this game is okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's definitely worth definitely worth the effort, I think. <coughs> what does mine say? I've played a total of 130.1 hours. Um, you probably. I don't play any other games besides Minecraft that much. Yeah, I mean, I... Well, I was going to say I don't, but I do. I play a lot of different games. Like, even this afternoon with Bob, we played Live for Speed. And speaking of games that have held up well, that's an 11-year-old game, and it holds its own with any modern game that's come out. It's a racing game. Yep. Uh, Live for Speed, um, BeamNG Drive, and um, Stranded Deep, and Minecraft. So this afternoon, in <laughs> two-hour gaming session, we played four games. Nice. <laughs> um, how many hours have I got up on this thing? Does it tell me? No, oh yeah, I have played 113 hours. Oh, you're 20 behind, time to catch up, son. <laughs> Mind you, in all honesty, there's probably 20 hours AFK there. <laughs> 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 Waiting for gardens to grow for six hours, that's one thing that bugs me, it takes six hours for blueberries to grow back. But a lot of the stuff will progress even when you're not logged in. So there's certain things that will happen even if you're not logged in that they'll continue in game time. But things like, which crops, for example, will grow in game time, not in real time. But blueberries and strawberries and stuff like that are six hours real time, not game time. <laughs> so if you log out overnight and come back in the morning, I still haven't grown, but your crops have. Yeah. And it's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> That's a bit a bit messed up, but yeah. Tis all fun. Tis all and fun. Thanks to all our supporters for donating and stuff. Our sponsors, our sponsors. Well, I mean, I guess they technically are, aren't they? <laughs> um, and no, we didn't use your money to buy Steam games. <laughs> we gave it to Glenn for his Christmas present yeah, so he can buy a computer that actually can run something like Valheim instead of... Although, if his Facebook post had anything to go by, he's buying a bloody stand-up desk. What? Yeah, one of those adjustable IP ones. I don't think ones. I could stand up all day at a computer. I do. It's funny you said say that. I do at work. Like I don't have a my we got a you know, my desk is stand up height at work. I have no trouble standing up all day at work. We're yeah. doing random stuff on the computer, whatever. But the first thing I do when I come into my computer room is I sit on my chair and I don't want to move. Like it's yeah. <laughs> So So my, head. I'll have to i have to hit up Glenn and see if you spend all your hard earned money on uh, on a stand up desk because if he is I might go and borrow it. <laughs> I'll go your halves. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut it in half I'll send it after you <laughs> I'll have half uh, Should we do some news? Shall we do some news? You ask all the tricky questions don't you? New South Wales government has launched its new identity recovery unit ID support New South Wales to streamline the process of replacing compromised credentials. The unit, first announced in October, will act as a single point of contact for citizens who have fallen victim to identity theft or had their personal data compromised in a data breach. 
It'll work with New South Wales agencies and identity and cyber support service ID care to replace compromised identity docu documents and mitigate the risk of stolen credentials being used. Minister for Digital and Customer Service, Victor Dominello, said the unit was important for dealing with identity crime, which he described as growing and increasingly sophisticated. New South Wales one-stop shop for government services, Service New South Wales, knows this firsthand, having experienced a phishing attack that compromised the data of over 103,000 customers last year. Around 100 Service New South Wales and Department of Customer Services staff were seconded to a dedicated hypercare team after that incident. But even with the support mechanism, Service New South Wales was still unable to notify 40% of the customers who had the personal information stolen. Hopefully, can recover it. It's, um... I don't know what the recovery entails because if someone's got all your stuff, it's not like you can well, redo your birth wondering. certificate what... for a different date. But here's okay. On that note, right? Here's the dumb part about a birth certificate. I, as long as I know the date and the hospital that somebody's born and their their full name, yep. I can get anybody's birth certificate. Yeah. All I need to do is request through whether it's any state, Queensland, New South Wales, whatever, it doesn't matter. Request through birth deaths and marriages that I'd like a. I've lost my birth certificate. I'd like a replacement copy. I'm sending you pay my thirty bucks or something. You spend your thirty bucks. I'm sending my mother, brother, friend, whatever, in to pick it up on my behalf. Here's their name. They'll be coming in to pick it up for me. So you don't have to send it because they're going to do it for me. Well, for me, they just mailed it as they well. They can. But if you don't want a hard address to send it to, oh, right. you don't need anyway. to. So you can literally be completely anonymous, give them $30, rock up, be this fake person that say you are because they don't ask for ID, pick up anybody's birth certificate and take it home. And that's your ID now. And you're now that person. Now, how does Service New South Wales recover <laughs> that with this special thing? <laughs> um, now I've got this person's driver's license, uh, their uh, birth certificate. So now I'm going to go and get the driver's license. And then once I've got those, I'll go and get my bank power account. and my internet put in their name. Then once I've got that, I'll go and open a bank account. Yeah. And now I'm this person. Just access the current bank account if there's something in there. And now what? Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> you can't undo all of that. The Somebody of, takes out $10,000 of your account because they've got your details and they spend it. Is the, ID care from Service New South Wales going to recover that money? The concept of identity theft is absolutely atrocious. And this is why there's been hundreds of, well, probably thousands of cases of people. Well, I don't know how many have been caught. There'd be thousands of people doing it. There's been dozens of cases of pe people being caught having multiple IDs at Centrelink. Because yep. it's literally that easy to have somebody else's ID. So you can have 12 Centrelink payments and they're never going to, if they don't, if you don't do something dumb, like yep. schedule all your appointments to see the same person on the same day. Yep. That's how the last chick got caught. Oh. She goes, she said to the... the They'll save her time. Yeah. I'm Mary now. No, yeah. I'm Tammy. She, <laughs> she literally only come into town like once a month to do shopping or something. Yep. And she scheduled those interviews, booked them all online for the same day because she's only in town that day. And then when she rocked up for like the third time with the same person, they're like, hang on a minute. You've got three names. <laughs> so, no, but, I'm triplets. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I don't know. And then even if, as you said, if somebody does data breach and they get your details, how do you recover? How do you determine who the correct person is? 
What, from what a, is recovery? I don't understand the concept of <laughs> What do you argue the person who took it and go, hey, can I have that back, please? Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, I, I don't... You know, based on that, though, the... Um, like, the amount of breaches and the amount of, uh, you know, things that are... Passwords that get... Like this one, for example. Police found 225 million stolen passwords hidden on a hacked cloud server. Compromised credentials were donated to have I been pwned to make breaches harder. Um, the UK National Crime Agency and National Cybercrime Unit have discovered 225 million cache of stolen emails and passwords and handed them to have I been pwned. The free service for tracking credentials stolen leaked through post-data breaches. <clears throat> They've become part of their existing 613 million passwords, which offers website operators to hash of the passwords to ensure users don't use them while creating new uh, accounts individuals can use to see whether or not their passwords have been leaked in previous breaches. Um, but <laughs> the technique has been used to the um, sorry. Why does oh? Because there's an ad there that's covering up the rest of the text. Because you know, bad programming. <laughs> um, the requirement aims to address the increasing use of credential surfing, where criminals list large list la, list large lists. <laughs> list large lists of leaked and commonly used username and password combinations. saying that three times. <laughs> I couldn't say it once. Um, the technique has been used to compromise more than 50,000 online bank accounts in 2017. The FBI warned last year, flowers by Irene, and works because many people still use the same password to protect multiple accounts. If any of those accounts are protected with common passwords, it's breached, a person's other accounts become vulnerable. Um... This technique became a problem decades ago after billions of credentials were leaked online following major data breaches. What do you mean, t- decade ago? Literally <laughs> happened like a week ago. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But this article actually basically, you know, NCA handed the compromised passwords to HRB's operator Tony Hunt, who verified NCC's findings. The passwords are not in the existing database, they're new passwords. New passwords include, and I love this part, they tell you what they are. New passwords included in the cache set include. Flamingo 228, Alexi 2005, 9117770, 123test, <laughs> and AGANESQ. Okay. Againesk? Againesk. I don't know. But um, the, the funny thing is, there's some concern now because the uh, Have You Been Pwned website obviously has these username and passwords yeah they're hashed but they still have this this data currently it's a 17.2 gig file set um and any theoretically any security business can request this set to check their their um information um and it's regularly downloaded by fbi and law enforcement for investigations and stuff like this but my question is what happens when um there you go the 847,223,402 passwords that they have in stock what happens when that list gets out into the public which it, it will because the FBI using anything the FBI touches will go and end up in public I mean that's just a rule um and that that's uh, with if we take the prevalence counts into consideration, 
5,579,399,834 occurrences of compromised passwords. Jeez. <laughs> so, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's going to... I mean, they're cons- obviously, they're trying to minimize that happening, but there's no way you can stop that list from getting out into the wild eventually. It's going to happen. And for many people who haven't changed that username and password, it might have been compromised, but it might never have been acted upon. Therefore, there's been no reason to change it because it hasn't been a breach of that particular service. Um, that's not bad fodder for somebody who wants to go to the trouble of getting it. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, useful things, if you've got something like um, Bitwarden or the Last Pass, they tend, because they know what accounts... What uh, companies you've got accounts at, so they can provide you with your username, password. They'll tell you if that company has had a breach. Yeah, and then you can link to Have I Been Pwned, so they can notify you of stuff. I think the well, um, I mean, Chrome Nord, does that by default as well. Yeah, I think the Nord security I've got on a VPN I've got on my phone also pops up every now and then. Mm. Goes, hey, one of your things has been stolen. It's by got the way, this email address completely off topic, but if you like um, uh, cold press iced coffee. The Barumba Organics. I don't think I've tried any. It's the best cold press. Not only cold press, not only cold press iced coffee, which is in itself a, a different category. It's the best iced coffee. Full ah. stop. No sugar. Yep. Full cream milk, literally with cream floating on top. Properly cold, not brewed, cold pressed iced coffee. It's not bitter. It's beautifully sweet. Right. It craps all over those night. like dares and stuff that pretend to have this stuff. This stuff is absolutely amazing. Barumba Organics. I don't know. Where, I know you can get it in Queensland. I don't know where else you can get it. Um, they are only a small. They're only a small um, uh, farm. Um, they're so, but yeah, definitely worth worth trying to find. Yeah. If you can't get that, there's one called Hunt Hunt and Switch or Hunt something. Um, also worth the effort of trying to find. But anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know. Look, but at what point does I mean, it's almost to the point now where we accept data breaches as a daily occurrence anyway. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Your stuff's out there. All of it. How much effort do you go to to protect it? Do you just go sort of... At this point, is it just a half ass sort of uh, whatever? You do everything you, know? you can and then all the companies you trust with your stuff screw up. Yeah, well, that, that's it, isn't it? Like, technically, if... It doesn't matter whatever username and password I have on my computer. And even if my passwords were clear text, it shouldn't matter because I'm the only one that can see that. But when I give that username and password to a corporation, I expect them to do the right thing with it, not store it in clear text on a server that hasn't got a password on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, I don't know. Queensland government. <laughs> <clears throat> not mentioning any names. They're good at it. <laughs> Co said the specific number of presidents in pre- <laughs> Co said the specific number of premises in the fiber to the node areas that are eligible for a free up fiber upgrade under its two point nine billion dollar overbuild program is not known before construction is completed. The operator has progressively released lists of cities and towns that are currently served by fiber to the node infrastructure, where it says eligible premises in parts of these locations will be able to request a full fiber service. With upgrades now officially under trial, it is still extremely difficult for fiber to the node users, even in named trial suburb locations, to determine if they're eligible or not, and which retail service providers are participating. 
A Liverpool forum post said yesterday they'd been proactively <laughs> offered what appears to be a place on the trial. The identity of the RSP is unclear. The reason for the vacuum of information may be that the NBN code doesn't really know which premises are going to be eligible or not. The company made the surprise reveal late yesterday in response to questions asked by Labour senators during the most recent Senate estimates hearings. So they don't know. They don't know. Somebody, <laughs> some people will get update. Don't worry about it. Speaking of trials, yeah, uh, uh, I was going to say your friend of mine, but I can't think. I can think of his real name, but not his handle. Striker. Um, he's actually on the trial for the uh, Starlink. Starlink. Yep. He, he loves it. He thinks it's fantastic because he's got a mobile food van. So it auto tracks. You get to where you go and you set it up. It finds the satellite and he's got internet wherever he goes. Yep. And he needs that to, for his uh, square or whatever FPOS he uses. To yeah, because sometimes you be can't get charge. 3G or whatever. And Yeah, no, he, that's, that's great. They, actually, I know a lot of people who have requested the trial. He's the only person I know who's got it. Oh, all right. Um, I know my brother and sister are still waiting on it, and one of my cousins is still waiting. Yeah, I know probably a dozen people, and he's the only one I know who's actually been approved. So, so yeah, it but, won't happen overnight, but it will happen. It's an interesting um, concept. You see that I was reading. I actually had a thought about this earlier, but I was reading an article the other day about one of the new estates they're putting in um, just west of here that does really hardly even has phone, let alone internet at all currently. Um, they're on copper to their sub exchange, which is on copper to our exchange, which is on copper to Ipswich. So it's like oh, it's like three hundred, like two hundred k's of copper. Um, so the internet doesn't exist out there. They're actually putting a new estate in there because there's a new shopping center and stuff going in on the highway. Yep. And they're looking at using Starlink. Every when you purchase a house, you get Starlink signed up to Starlink. Oh, nice! So that's got an interesting. I mean, you've got to think from a developer's point of view, it's going to be so much easier for them because they don't have to try and fit infrastructure in. That's one less thing, yeah. yeah. And they can say it's available now instead of, well, <laughs> MBN will get around to installing it and maybe you'll get fibre to the curb or the node or, or, or maybe to not. your house. Or... <laughs> or probably not, yeah. Or, or you might be lucky and just get a tin can with a bit of string. Yeah, that, that, that touches every corner that you go around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was interesting. So they're offering, uh, yeah, offering Foxtel. Uh, well, I guess it's I guess it's still Foxtel, but what would have been Allstar, which is satellite, yep. um, which gives you your free-to-air channels plus your pay TV channels. And they're offering Starlink. Um, and every house is going to have like a 20,000 litre water tank or something. Excellent. As well. And every house is on... Solar. Septic instead of sewerage. So basically, every house is almost fully self-contained and all they've got to run is power lines. I mean, yeah, they'll all have the standard solar package and stuff, but they're all just going to basically have to run power lines to every house. That's it. They yeah. don't have to build an entire structure, of in, an entire infrastructure there just to... Now, does that mean their rates are cheaper because they don't have all of this other stuff? Their rates will be cheaper technically for... Yes, lack of services, but also because they're they're rural. Um, once you go past basically where we are, Rosewood sort of area, we we're uh, we're semi rural, yep. but our rates are still high. They're not as high as Ipswich, but they're higher than once you go further. Once you, once you go further in the rural, they get lower again. Right, but they're bigger blocks of land, so you're nice. probably paying something similar to what I'd be paying, but you're on a block three times the size. They're like. Um, 2,500 square blocks or 3,000 square blocks or something like that. They're, they're pretty big. Um, but I thought that was an interesting 
an interesting yeah. little push. You know, you buy a house, okay, it's a $500,000 house and land package, but you never really have to worry about internet. Or I mean, okay, yes, you are obviously restricted. You have to then have Foxtel. You can't, there's no TV signal out there if you don't have Foxtel. There's oh, you can get the, um, all of the over the air. Mm-hmm. TV, no, there's no catch up. There's no oh, well, play catch up. SBS, yeah, yes, I assuming you use Starlink as your internet. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, you are kind of restricted to some point because there's no mobile phone signal out there. So there will be only the phones that support talking over Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, there's no actual, which is most of the phones nowadays. Mind yeah, is. pretty much. There's no actual. Um, no free to air out there so you basically have to have Foxtel or you have to have Starling internet because you can't have any other internet because there's no other internet so (laughs) you are kind of restricted at the same time but at least it's restricted but free if you think about it you're probably paying the difference in rates you're probably paying in services because you're going to be paying a hundred bucks a month for your Foxtel and a hundred bucks a month for your internet so (laughs) (laughs) it's probably dearer than paying a little bit extra on your rates anyway so but uh, yeah, anyway. Um, speaking of internet, the the internet site DuckDuckGo, which you know is a very very good um, search engine. If you <coughs> other than that other one that's pretends I, to do no evil, I use Google for mainstream searches. Anything yeah. that's regular, how to do this, how to do that, whatever. Yep, yeah, fine, not a problem. I use Google. If I want to find a specific data set or a specific piece of information or something that's not mainstream, I'll use DuckDuckGo because its ability to find stuff that Google mysteriously doesn't understand the search term. I can literally take the first line of a web page I was looking at the other day on DuckDuckGo. It was one of the first results. I put the first line into Google. Couldn't find it. find it. <laughs> I'm like, no, you can find it. <laughs> you just choose not to. Yeah. But um, so DuckDuckGo is building its own. Is that... Building its own desktop browser. Uh, it takes aims at Google Chrome, but insists it isn't going to fork Google's Chromium project. <coughs> Pri- which explain, I mean, they're pretty privacy he- heavy, so they, I'm not surprised they wouldn't. Privacy-focused search engine DuckDuckGo has offered a first look at its forthcoming desktop browsing app that promises simple... Pro- wow, seriously? Promises simple default privacy settings. <laughs> Either I'm really tired or I'm just having a bad day. Or both. (laughs) DuckDuckGo's CEO, Gabriel Weinberg, (laughs) details his desktop browser and blog post recapping its milestones for 2021, including 150 million downloads of its all-in-one privacy apps for iOS and Android and Chromium extensions. Weinberg attempts to distinguish a DuckDuckGo desktop browser from the likes of Chromium-based Brave and Mozilla by arguing it's not a privacy browser. Instead, it's just a browser that offers robust privacy protection by default and works across search. It's an everyday browsing app that respects your privacy because there's never a bad time to stop companies from spying on you. <laughs> Weinberg offers a few clues about what the internal underpinnings of DuckDuckGo desktop browser, or app as she calls it, but also leaves out a lot of details. As he calls it, sorry, but also leaves out a lot of details. He says it won't be based on Chromium, the open source project underpinning Google's Chrome, Microsoft Edge, Brave, Vivaldi, and about 30 other browsers. <coughs> Midori. Um, actually, no, is based on Firefox, I think. Um, instead of forking Chromium or anything else, we're building a desktop app around OS-provided rendering engines, like on mobiles, allowing us to strip away a lot of unnecessary craft and clutter. Ooh, craft. 
that's accumulated over the years on major browsers. It's not clear what desktop OS provider rendering engine she's referring to, but it's not trivial task to build. But it's not a trivial task to build a desktop browser without Chromium's Blink rendering engine. This asked Microsoft when it launched its Chromium-based Edge browser last year. Apple, meanwhile, uses WebKits for Safari and desktop and requires all non-Safari browsers on OS, including Chrome, to use WebKit. ZDNet has asked DuckDuckDo for clarification, but the communications manager has provided some details to the Verge about rendering engines. Mac OS and Windows both now offer website rendering APIs, uh, WebView and WebView 2, that any application can use to render a website. Uh, that's what we're using to build our apps on desktop. Microsoft's implementation of WebView 2 in Windows allows developers to embed web technologies such as HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and native Windows apps. WebView 2 on Windows uses Microsoft Edge as a rendering engine to display websites in those apps. We're building the desktop app from the ground up. The OS-provided rendering APIs means anything beyond websites, rendering, easy tabs and bookmark management, navigation controls, passwords, we have to build ourselves. <coughs> um, so DuckDuckGo browser rendering will rely on Edge or Chromium for Windows and Safari WebKit on Mac OS. That's the, the rendering, so if they're doing... Uh, pictures or videos or, or music, anything like that, that's not uh, effectively the actual website, <laughs> basically. Um, Johnson highlights the approaches and forking Chromium. A clear example of forking a project, Google's creation of Blink, where it used to open source code behind WebKit. DuckDuckGo releases new desktop browser. Weinberg assures that compared to Chrome and DuckDuckGo, f the DuckDuckGo for desktop is cleaner, way more private, and early tests have found it significantly faster. Which wouldn't surprise me. Chrome, years ago in, what are we talking, 2000 and 2001, something like that, when Chrome first came out, yep. it was blindingly fast. Like, there was nothing. And I even remember the ads for it where these dropped a Apple, I think it was, on the mouse click and the page loaded before the thing bounced or whatever it was. Yep. <laughs> um, Chrome has slowed down a lot over the years. <laughs> I do have to admit that. But, yeah, absolutely. If DuckDuckGo brings out a web browser, guess what I'm swapping to? Yeah, um, for no other well for several reasons one is that DuckDuckGo natively implements because Chrome nerfs DuckDuckGo somewhat if you use the it's the default search engine for Mozilla for no for Oprah isn't it okay let me open my probably Brave too let me open my Oprah and have a look here uh, yes it's the D I don't know I don't know yeah, DuckDuckGo. If you use the search bar at the top, DuckDuckGo is the, the default for Oprah. Um, but, uh, which is <clears throat> how I generally use it because when you use it in Chrome, it, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't it doesn't work the same. It works much better if you use it on, on Oprah for whatever reason. Right. Um, plus, Oprah by default has, Opera if you prefer, by default has um, a built-in VPN. Now, Firefox has a built-in VPN, but you have no control over it. You can't control its location. You can't control anything about it. At least the Opera one, you can control the location you want it to be in right down to the country you want to access. Um, there's a lot more control in that. So I'm hoping DuckDuckGo implements a lot of that stuff. So it's basically the reverse of Opera. It's DuckDuckGo running a VPN running DuckDuckGo. Yep. That's going to be... You, you want a secure and reliable connection. That's going to give it to you. Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, it's uh, looking forward to that one. Cool. 
Telstra has participated in a technical 5G trial that enabled it to achieve a theoretical maximum upspeed link of 986 megabits per second. Enabling the configuration commercially would enable Telstra to more than double the current uplink throughput through its 5G network. This is particularly important for supporting applications and services that are involving uploading vast amounts of data. Telstra's group executive of networks and IT, Nikos Katanikis, did <clears throat> the near one gigabit per second mark set a new record in the uplink on a commercial 5G network. The demonstration used Ericsson new Radio Dual connectivity software with uplink four component carrier aggregation, in which four contiguous carriers of 100 <coughs> megahertz are combined, resulting in the higher data speeds. It's used, it used both millimeter wave and 3.6 gigahertz spectrum. So, uh, Theoretically. Five, so the 5G didn't actually reach the, the gigabit at all, but multiple technologies combined with the 5G did. Gee, who would have thought? And multiple connections to the 5G <laughs> tower from the one phone. Yeah, to the tower. As soon as it left the tower, it dropped back down to 10 meg again. But at that yeah. tower, I hate... Theoret anything that starts with theoretical, yep. you know full well that it's never going to happen in reality because if it did, they wouldn't start with theoretical. <laughs> they just like to have a lot of interesting, exciting news come out that doesn't mean anything. Oh, look, it's not even that. I think... I mean, I can theoretically get 10 gigahertz connection from this computer to that computer too. I just got to put more network cards in it and bypass the router, plug them together and it'll work. Yeah use a mushroom software to combine all the network cards so that all 10 gigabit cards see each other. Yep. In theory, it works perfectly fine. <laughs> In practice, it's, it would still work, but it's completely useless because yep. what am I going to do? Like, my, my, my NAS can't handle that sort of speed. My router can't handle that sort of speed. My internet can't handle that speed. None yep. of the programs I use will transfer data at that speed. My hard drives would probably wouldn't even transfer data at that speed. So, but theoretically, <laughs> but theoretically, I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't. I don't get it. Um, I, I, I guess. Okay. Yes, that's advancing technology or whatever you want to say. But I mean, eh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just cynical in my old age, but. I don't see the point. Like, instead of spending a hundred engineers, a million dollars, and twelve months making that happen, why don't they figure out how a way to boost the current infrastructure? Yeah, because <laughs> they're using the Ericsson pipeline, which they don't even have implemented any. As far as like, as far as I'm aware, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. My research that I spent ten minutes researching, but they don't even use that hardware in any of their systems. Ah. So they're not even using the back end that they're saying they can claim this speed with. So I hope they're not using Huawei. Apparently, they're naughty. And Xiaomi. Oh, no, yeah. only, only in America. They're fine in Australia. Oh, Everywhere else in the world, they're fine. Like... It's just America. They can't use them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't... I mean, speaking of technology, did you just see that the world's first SMS sold as an NFT for $150,000 at a Paris auction house? Oh, nice work. <laughs> I saw an NFT sold last week for three thousand dollars instead it was supposed of thirty thousand. Yeah. I saw that. Whoops. <laughs> Reading "Merry Christmas," the message was sent by British programmer Neil Papworth from his from his computer on December third, nineteen ninety two, to Richard Jarvis, of course, 
then director of UK telecommunications yes, company Vodafone. How timely, Christmas. Jarvis received the message on his Orbital 901 cell phone during the company's Christmas function. <laughs> the NFT is a replica of the original communications protocol that transmitted the SMS. Um, just, oh, well, I'll show you a picture of it quickly. That's, that's what the original phone looked like. <laughs> it's pretty bright since it puts the writing on his face. Yeah, I know, right? You got the old hacker style his, there. Yeah, hacker movie. <laughs> But I thought that was interesting that, it, <clears throat> I mean, why not, right? Yeah. You got the right crowd for it. And by the way, 10 points to anybody who recognizes that. This is for all the, <laughs> this is for the seven people that watch the podcast on YouTube. The vital connection. <laughs> Remember they had yellow and blue. And the blue phones were for, was it, blue, blue phones were local calls only and yellow phones could do local and international uh, and oh. national? Oh, it was the other way around. I can't remember. No, I think it was blue phones could only do local calls. Like a lot of the little general stores and mum and dad stores had the blue ones. Yeah. And the pubs and clubs and stuff had the yellow ones and the blue one beside it. So if you're only ringing your mate down the road, you could use the blue one. And it was like, whatever it was, 20 cents, I think it was when it first happened. Yeah. And then you could use the blue one and you had the, or the, the gold one. And yeah, they would put in like, that's why it had the follow-up button. Because if you ran out and it beeped at you three times, you could press, you could put your money and then press the follow up, follow call and it would continue. Uh. But if you ran out of money, or sorry, if you hung up the phone before you ran out of money, you could press the follow on button and make another call to somebody else and use the remaining credits. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so it was actually pretty advanced for what it was. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, those were fun. And the old very first, uh, when they first implemented the card readers into the green payphones yep. the military spec payphones that they gave the military to test to see if they could blow them up they the very first phone cards they had didn't have the magnetic strip in them the very first phone cards they had they punched holes in to tell you how much they were in them but it literally used like a time clock punch card reader to read the holes so you could tape up the holes and it would refill the card <laughs> <laughs> and then Telstra went to Telecom went hmm let's um Let's do something about that. So then they put a magnetic strip in it and made it a normal card. But yeah, that was funny. It's uh, like um, notching your uh, singles. <clears throat> floppy disk. I had a. I can't remember. What I did use was. scissors for a while, but then it got too fiddly. <laughs> so I'm like, notch, 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 notch. I actually had an old. Um, I want to say it was an Amstrad. It was a while ago. I think it was an Amstrad. And. It only had a single-sided or single head in the floppy drive, so used to trip people out. Was you could actually take the disc out later on when they bought out double-sided discs, double-sided double densities. You could take the disc out, flip it over, put it in, and read the other side because <laughs> the reader only had one head in it. So you'd have to notch the other side of the the other side of the disc so it would recognise the notch when you flipped it over and put it back in the other upside down. <laughs> 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 so that was pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> double your double your pleasure. Um, double notch for your pleasure. <laughs> I think that's how it works. <laughs> anyway. Um, Facebook. So I saw this story and I, everybody knows I'm going to do it because I've been ragging on Facebook for years. Facebook finally admits the truth. The fact checkers that social media used to police what Americans... I don't know how it just says Americans as if nobody else uses Facebook... 
is that what people read and watch are just opinion. That's thanks to the lawsuit brought on by celebrated journalist John Stozel. Uh, he exposed the left supposed battle against misinformation as a farce. Stozel posted a pair of videos that touched the third rail of the liberal politics, climate change. Neither questioned whether climate change is real, but he's talked about other issues, namely for forest management, uh, technology, etc. Yet third-party Facebook contracts to review these pieces, science feedback flagged them as false. Our favourite lacking context. Why science feedbacks didn't like Stozel's tone? That is, you can't write anything about climate change unless you say the worst disaster in history. For this, Facebook bans or minimises Stozel's reporting to program who are making revenue. Then when sued, Facebook throws up its hands and says, not our problem. His real, his real beef is with science feedback. You see, we wash our hands of it. As for that fact check label, we slapped on your piece. It's Facebook's response to Stozel that argues, well, that's protected option under the First Amendment. The post has faced the same gauntlet too many times. In February 2020, we published a column saying about COVID leak from Wuhan Lab. This was labeled as false by Facebook fact checkers. Of course, those supposed independent scientific reviewers relied on a group of experts who had vested interest in dismissing the theory, including EcoHealth, who had funded the Wuhan Lab. When Twitter fact-checked and blocked the post stories about Hunter Biden's laptop and his hacked materials, what was the basis? Nothing. It wasn't hacked. The company staff just wanted an excuse. Guess they didn't like our tone. In both of these cases, our fact-checks were lifted, but only after it no longer mattered. The fact-check industry is funded by liberal moguls such as George Soros, government-funded non-profits, and the tech giants themselves. The checkers are not the unbiased arbiters of truth. They are useful distractions group Facebook can use can use to absolve itself of responsibility, free speech be damned. If you think that's written by someone like myself, who is labelled a conspiracy theorist, that comes directly from the New York Post. Um, So basically, I mean, among other, many other places, but I pulled this story from New York Post because um, they're a very reputable news agency. And this is actually weirdly, and I've never seen this before, actually, I'll show you this page. It's really bizarre. It's a New York Post article under... Hang on, you can't see it. What if I do this? It's a New York Page Post article under the news.com.au headline. Well, that's interesting. But it's on the New York Post website. (laughs) 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 Well... That's crazy. So, it's a New York Post article on the New York Post website somehow involving news.com.au. But anyway, probably. (laughs) Well, they are. I mean, (laughs) but the funny thing is, it's not asking me to subscribe. Most of the news.com that I use stuff ask me to subscribe. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't really know. (laughs) But um, yeah, so basically, the the short version of that is they went to court. um, I mean, for years, it's not hard. You can Google it. The fact checker companies are all owned by Facebook or Twitter or. Murdoch or Soros, one of those who are all in bed together anyway. They're literally owned by those people and they make no 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 beef of it. They've they've said it dozens of times that that's um <laughs> interesting there's an article Facebook aka Meta voted worst company in twenty twenty one. Um but they literally yeah, have admitted that they pay the fact checkers. Like that the the companies are offshoots of Facebook and whatever. Um, but now they're saying not only are these companies an offshoot of Facebook, we also don't actually care what they check or what they write. The people who write it, and there's a quote in another article I was reading, Zuckerberg literally said that it's only their opinion that they write. We don't care if it's fact or not as long as they write their opinion. 
So if you've had an article that's fact-checked, it's most likely correct because they're banning all the correct articles. As I've proven on my... If, you can't follow me anymore. I've had to lock up my profile thanks to a couple of weirdos. But time and time again, I've put up false articles that I've specifically said are false articles and they've stayed there. Yep. I've put out articles that have... The truth articles and they have all the evidence behind them to support them and within seconds of going up they're labeled as false information yeah so now facebook's finally admitted that basically anything that's got a fact check on it that they say is wrong is pretty much right somebody's <laughs> personal opinion of it being right or wrong. well not only somebody's personal opinion of it somebody's personal opinion of it who is um under the wings of uh, George Soros or a government funded not non-profit or one of the tech giants yeah. that they're the people who are giving their opinion on whether or not the article the fact that you put up the undeniable fact with all the proof behind it they use their opinion to determine whether or not that's real yeah <coughs> there you go huh <laughs> do you see a problem with that because <laughs> I, I think sure I'm going to have a heart attack and die of not surprise Exactly, and a friend of mine actually posted this on my wall when the article broke, whenever it was, like a week ago. Yep. I said, and you're surprised by this? He goes, oh, yeah, I really thought, you know, and he was, because he was one of the ones who, you know, believes everything is told by the mainstream media. <laughs> <clears throat> and he's like, oh, I wouldn't think they'd do that. I thought they were, you know, had more had more um, discretion than that, and it seems weird that they'd, they'd openly admit, I'm like, really? <laughs> Are you listening to yourself right now? <laughs> well, There's not going to be t- any repercussions if they admit it. I no. mean, I've been telling you for the last two years that this is the case. Yeah. Like literally every couple of weeks, I'm telling you that this is the case. And it takes a mainstream media, which is actually technically on Facebook's side anyway, to it's vaguely report the truth about what they actually said. <laughs> and then you believe them? <laughs> yeah. It's how it goes. <laughs> Anyway, it's all fun and games until the laughing stops. Yeah, that's, that's it how for it me. How about you? Um, no one wants to listen to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for whoever is listening to the Aussie Tech Head <laughs> Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at Patreon and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. See you sometime next year. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Oh, yeah, everyone. that's right. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all those. Mighty bye. <laughs> See ya. This is the song that doesn't end. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song that doesn't end. Yes, it goes on and on. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it.
This is the song that... Charlie, horse! No, no, stop, stop, stop. Charlie, stop. I want you to go away. Go away. And don't slam the... Door. <laughs> <laughs>